Do you want a new module? Some patch cables? Some cassettes? A t-shirt? Stickers? Blank panels? Well, if you've answered yes to any of the above, then you're in luck. Head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and be on the lookout for my post that I'm going to be making around mid to late March. I don't want to say when. It's going to be kind of a when's it going to happen type thing. Um, also want to give you a chance to sign up if you haven't signed up yet. I basically, I have uh, put together 10 different little care packages, four of which uh, have a module in them um, to pass on. It's just a bunch of stuff that I have. I love this stuff, but I've got too much stuff. It's coming out of my ears. And I want to pass it on to my Patreon community as a token of my appreciation. So the way it's going to work is when that post comes up, you're going to go to the comments section and you're going to say, I want some. And that's going to be uh, how it goes. The reason I'm only doing 10 is because uh, if I did more, shipping would probably get out of hand. And I don't want to charge people for shipping for a gift. That seems kind of weird. So, yeah, if, uh, if that sounds like fun and if any of this stuff that you see uh, whizzing across the screen right now uh, is at all interesting looking to you, then once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash modcast and help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod. This week's episode is brought to you by Novation and their flagship two-part 16-voice, 61-key polyphonic synthesizer, The Summit. Built on the same innovative foundations as the critically acclaimed Peak, Summit's deep sound design capabilities, 16-voice, two-part multi-timbral engine, and intuitive tactile workflow add up to a synth that is far more than the sum of its parts. For more information, please visit NovationMusic.com. Link in the show description. Welcome back to Podger the Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have Megan Mitchell, aka Cool Diagonals, on the show. I'm very, very excited to bring you this conversation. Her new album, Fractured Hole, comes out on March 24th on Beacon Sound Records. We had Andrew from Beacon Sound on not too long ago. If that sounds familiar, that's why. Um, and yeah, we have a really lovely conversation. Turns out that we have both lived in a couple of the same towns at different times, so we kind of go off on some, some Washington talk for a little bit. But then we get into uh, Megan's past, musically, and uh, you know, her evolution to now. I uh, highly recommend this record. You should definitely go check it out. Before we get into that, here's some quick business. Have you signed up for the Patreon yet? Because I'm going to be doing that passing on of stuff very, very, very soon. Modules, cassette tapes, stickers, patch cables, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, Also, I want to say thank you to Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in uh, the Northwest. Please visit them online at p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com. That's patchworks.com. And if if you find yourself in the Pacific Northwest, you should make a trip to Patchworks because it's a lovely showroom, lovely people working there. You can try out all sorts of stuff, um, not just modular gear, but they've got groove boxes, desktop synths, studio gear, anything you want, even uh, some vinyl, shirts, coffee mugs, pens, you name it, they got it. Um, 
Yeah, so once again, that's patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Um, also, I released a new EP a couple weeks back, Remote Performances 4. So it's made up of a bunch of the uh, performances that I've done out in the wilds of the Pacific Northwest. There's one from Crater Lake. There's one from Mount Hood and all over Tacoma in Seattle. Um, so I would appreciate if you headed over to timheld.bandcamp.com and check that out among my other releases. I've recently released a bunch of older music of mine that that uh, turns out I like more than I thought I did. Um, so that's all over there at my band camp. Um, and also all the videos for the remote performances are on my YouTube. So I would also love it if you checked that out. Like and subscribe if you can. So if you're watching the video episode, you may have noticed by now that uh, there's no video of me talking in this intro. It's because I accidentally erased that video and then emptied my recycling bin, which was really stupid. So I hope you have enjoyed this beautiful shot of a tree with the sunset. Uh, We get some pretty great sunsets from my porch, apparently. So yeah, there's that, and we are going to get into this episode. But first, I want to take you on a little ambient walk down to the corner store near my house. Um, And the music that you're going to be listening to was all made with the Spherical Wavetable Navigator from 4MS, uh, the Mini Peg from 4MS, the Shuffling Clock Multiplier, the Shaped Dual Envelope VCA, the Envelope VCA, uh, what else, the Dual Looping Delay, and that is, yeah, that's what I'm using from 4MS. I'm also using an Instro DivKid Oct, uh, to modulate some stuff, and then I'm using the uh, the Aurora from Qubit for some reverb, the Mimeophone from Make Noise for some delay and reverb, and then I'm using the uh, the new Aikido Dynamic VCA mixer. It just showed up today, so I decided to, to take a uh, take a swing at it. Um, so I'm using that as well. I will hopefully be able to make a video about this patch to break it down if anyone is interested in that, but. I think the music's great, and I have to tell you that the Spherical Wavetable Navigator, I know it's not a new module, but it is blowing my mind. I think it is, so far, one of the deepest but easiest deep modules I think I've ever used. Um, It's very intuitive, um, and it makes great sounds and all sorts of cool functionality on it. So, uh, yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot more about that from me. So thank you to 4MS because they are bringing us this week's episode. Let's take a walk and then get into our chat.
Recording okay. is live uh, with Megan, a.k.a. Cruel Diagonals. Um, what was your last name? I saw it earlier and I forgot already. It's Mitchell. Oh, how did I forget? That's pretty easy. Um, well, welcome, Megan. It's very nice to meet you. Um, I've got a few specific things that I want to get into with you, but I usually like to just let it flow. Um, but right off the bat, I want to get to know you a little bit. So sure, I'm going to give you like three questions that you can put in your mind blender and then run with it however you'd like. So where'd you, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Um, when did music take hold of your soul? And was there a point where you went from a fan of music, loving listening to it, and then needing to participate? Sure. Yeah. So very, very rudimentary, like 101. It's a 101, music 101. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah. I haven't answered this question in a while. So uh, that's fun. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Alameda, California, which is like uh, an island in the San Francisco Bay, very close to Oakland. And um, music for me, kind of, it. my mom actually says, to me that I used to hum myself to sleep when I was a baby. (laughs) Um, So I was like kind of like a very early vocalizer. And when I was a kid, when I was growing up, when I was in elementary school, I was like the annoying kid who wanted to sing the loudest in all the music classes. And I had like this fourth grade teacher who was a pianist and she would play and she would hand us out libretto to to sing from and I was always like yes and I would like sit up front and I would sing super loud and everybody else was like oh god like um (laughs) I was like insufferable you know and uh so it was it was like very apparent right away that I was a, a vocalist that I was interested in singing um and that music was important to me and uh, yeah, it was really at that point, like in the fourth grade, I think that, um, like the adults around me started really noticing. And so, um, I was already active in musical theater at that point and, uh, and then kind of, uh, had some teachers insist that I start taking voice lessons. And so my mom, you know, signed me up for those. And I started taking voice lessons really young. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of, been there the whole time and like my my folks like really 
encouraged it. I was very fortunate in that regard. Don't come from a musical family at all. <laughs> like no artists in my family <laughs> whatsoever, but they were like extraordinarily supportive of, of that. And so I, I took voice lessons. I took guitar lessons. I took piano um, and started writing my own songs about age 12 or 13. Okay. Um, when I got my first guitar. So it was very like, um, you know, singer, songwriter, coffee house kind of vibe. Um, who were like the inspirations at that point? Who are, who are you trying to emulate? Oh, I was obsessed with, um, Radiohead's Amnesiac mm -hmm. when I was like 13, 14. That was like my I favorite have to album. Say, that is, that is, uh, that is some, um, advanced listening for someone that age, I think. A little, yeah, a little <laughs> bit precocious. Um, <laughs> I, I was listening to like straight up just like pop before that. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a friend, I had some older friends in high school. Um, I was always like very adult for my age. So I had a lot of like senior friends mm -hmm. and like my boyfriend was a senior. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, you should check this stuff out. And um, so, yeah, my friend sent me that album and I was just immediately like, whoa, this is just everything I want to hear. It's, mm -hmm. it's just like this, like really deeply, like disturbing, dark music. Yeah. And like, I didn't really know how to find that. And, um, it really, that album really opened up a lot of possibilities for me. Mm -hmm. And, and then I always also cite around that same time. Like, I think I was like 15. I had a, an older friend who was like, Hey, and he sent me like this clip of can playing um mushroom head on german television mm -hmm. and like i don't remember what year like 74 or something mm -hmm. and i was just like what the fuck is this <laughs> like <laughs> i don't understand like what's happening um but i saved it on my like family desktop computer like i, I downloaded it and i saved it and i remember like coming back to it um because i had read some interview about how Amnesiac was made. And I think it was like Johnny Greenwood had talked about how Musique Concrète was like a big influence behind mm -hmm. that album and the sound design for it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I started, you know, YouTubing and going down that rabbit hole and trying to figure out what that was. And, um, and then can started making more sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting into like, um, Krautrock and post-punk and, uh, that was kind of like, yeah. So that was like the evolution of my musical taste. I mean, it's, it goes further obviously, but, right. um, but yeah, so I was, uh, I was making like singer songwriter stuff and then, um, I got to college and I was, uh, the music director at, uh, my college's radio station. I went to school in Tacoma. Oh, um, I Tacoma, know Washington. Seattle, so. No, I'm in Tacoma now. I live. Yeah. Oh, you're in Tacoma. My no wife shit. and I bought a house <laughs> in Tacoma a year ago, November. Oh, no way. Yeah. Well, did you go to great. PLU? I love Tacoma. Or uh, UPS. UPS. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. What did you study there? Yeah. French literature. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> How did you end up in Tacoma from Alameda? Well, so I initially was going to study vocal performance mm -hmm. and, um, UPS has a really good music school and I knew I wanted to go to like a small liberal arts school on the West coast and study music. And so that fit the bill, got a good scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I got there and was just like, actually, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and cause it was just very like, it was very classical oriented and I, I was just quickly 
understanding that that was something that I, I had kind of been pushed to do. And I was doing like opera when I was a teenager and I was performing in these vocal competitions. I was doing arias and art songs and things like that. And I was just like, I don't actually really like this. And, you know, so got to school and just kept taking French basically and ended up with a degree in it. So okay, cool. How, when, <laughs> um, when were you here? 2008 to 2012. Eight to 12. Okay. Was high voltage records around then? That's like my record store now that I'm down here and I know it's near UPS. It's on sixth. I think so. It's on sixth, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's, is it the really dusty one? Like, I uh, don't, I don't think so. Maybe it used to be, but it's like, it's pretty like, it's pretty nice. And there's like a book, there's okay. like a book sh uh, sh uh, store section off to the left and then all the records off to the right. Oh, it's the one that's more like, it's closer to jazz. Bones. Like it's really union, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm bad with streets, but I know it's close to jazz okay. bones. Um, either oh. way. Okay. Maybe that place got gentrified then because the last time I was there, Oh, which Tacoma probably... is in process of that for sure. Yeah. yeah, For sure. I was there a year ago and was just like, oh, shit. Okay. Like, um, <laughs> this looks really different. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, no way. Um, I knew that you were in, you were in Seattle before though, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived in Seattle after that for five years. Oh, so, cool. Right on. Formative formative early adulthood yeah we probably have some crossover in uh people we know and people we like who, were you playing shows then who were like who are yeah, some of the people was, you're playing shows with um i would play at the chapel or at Kremwork or timber room or mm -hmm. um where else did i play somehow shows or... so, yeah. uh no well Actually, yeah, I used to DJ there. So I was oh, part cool. of, do you remember that crew Motor yeah. Collective? Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. I was like one of the resident DJs. Um, and uh, I wasn't performing then. I was actually just, I started making field recordings around that time. Oh, cool. And, uh, and started using field recordings in my DJ sets. Oh, and nice. then, yeah. And then was just like, oh, actually, I want to produce music. And, um, you know, that was kind of like, part of the evolution there but um yeah so I, I was part of motor collective and then um i was part of that collective called tough for a minute as well and the very first year curated a workshop with pauline oliveros that was one of the uh, things i definitely wanted to get into because that is so cool nice yeah yeah so that was um that was me i did that um <laughs> that was really cool and then she passed away just like three months after that so um yeah uh so yeah deep Northwest roots. Um, I guess I was, who was I playing with though? I guess like, you know, like Rika, Chloe Harris further. Yeah. I was just about to say, and we're going to play a show together, um, in April. Awesome. So, yeah. I know we played at least on one bill together. Um, I'm, yeah, I've I'm played a few right shows with else, Chloe. But... We're, we're buds. Um, her and nice. Uh, yeah. Her and Mark are so cool. And yeah. So actually you're, you're, you're speaking a, a, of a time where, um, so I wasn't as lucky to get into cool music at a young age because I'm from Roslyn, Washington. I don't know if you ever ventured over Snoqualmie Pass to the very... Is it, is it the Tri-Cities area? No, no. So it's way no. closer to Seattle than that. It's just okay. on the other side of Snoqualmie Pass. Um, uh, it's closer than Ellensburg. Did you know where Ellensburg was? Where Central? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my parents mm -hmm. live in Ellensburg and I went to Central. Um, but yeah, like growing up there, I was not, you know, like 
like you mentioned the old the older kids were the ones who showed you stuff like it was i had one my, luckily my best friend justin his older sister erica was super into punk rock and um you know just like stuff that i had never even heard of or knew existed and she kind of you know broke the the sublime you know like <laughs> you know like just the radio shit that i was exposed to um and i also wanted to say like just on the radiohead thing like I got really into Radiohead right out of college and just I'm, I'm so grateful that a band of their, um, you know, their level of popularity and, and recognition got into such weird stuff because that, I mean, how many people, you know, how many people's gateway to, you know, experimental music was, you know, Radiohead and are you still a Radiohead totally. fan? How, I can't say I listen anymore. I mean, every once in a while I'll throw on, amnesiac or today hmm. and um like those are my two that i like okay um but uh no i haven't kept up with them well just let me let me just throw this out there because uh <laughs> i uh i really like radiohead and um yeah they're i actually think they're like one of the greatest bands of all time um but i think that their album the king of limbs is criminally underrated uh, and if you're, mm. it's not as, definitely not as weird as um, Kid A&M Amnesiac, but I feel like for like the type of music that, w you know, we are in and, and like, uh, I feel like that is a really, really tasty album. Um, All right. And the remix album of it is actually very, very good too. Um, okay. But that's, we're not here to talk about Radiohead, but <laughs> I just, I heard you talking about it and I'm like, I just want to strong arm this in. Um Sure. Yeah. So this time that you're talking about with the motor collective and everything, like I was in a pop punk band for five years before I ended up in Seattle and our music was dated. I didn't realize that. And I was starting to not really feel like I was connecting with that kind of music and was really trying to, you know, go as deep as I could in a lot of weird stuff. So right like motor and and further and uh like decibel it just stopped happening like right yeah. when i was starting to get into it um so yeah like i was listening to motor and you know further records and andy gel soul i don't know if you know gel soul mm -hmm. um and then yep. like norm chambers the, those were like the people totally. that i was super like just really tried to like be friends with me. And it, it kind of worked. So I'm actually like pretty close <laughs> friends with Andy and Cindy. Um, so yeah, that's cool that we have. Yeah, I thought so. I knew you had like a patchworks connection. So yeah, yeah. Andy. I went to their wedding, actually. Oh, so, really? Um, oh, wait, mm -hmm. really? Because I was at their wedding. Wait, yeah. no, no. Yeah, at I the, was at their wedding. At the, the, in the Columbia City. The reception. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. My wife and I went to that yeah. as well. And they came to our wedding nice. in Ellensburg in my parents' backyard. Um, oh, cute. Yeah, cool. Um, did you know Ian Price? He did Pleasure Boat Records and did like Bonkers. Did you ever do a Bonkers? Oh, I don't know that person. Okay, because he mm -hmm. did shows up there for years. Um, but yeah, I think pre-Patchworks and Modular and stuff, the uh, the Seattle electronic scene was a little bit more fragmented. I feel like Patchworks has really brought it all together. Um mm. Sorry, one more Northwest question for you. Yeah, How yeah. did you like Tacoma? Did you like it? I, did, I mean, it was a really rough time of my life, to be honest. So it's yeah. pretty, like, tinged by so, that. Like, late um, 20s? 
Early 20s. Early tw- I feel like the yeah. 20s are just, if you're out there listening and you're bummed out and you're in your 20s, it's probably <laughs> because you're in your 20s and it's just a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. It I can confirm. Um, yeah. So it, it it's tinged by that, but I have a lot of fond memories of it. Mm. And um, I do, it still like holds a very dear place for me. Like I went last year and um, my dog who was very dearly beloved um, was uh, I had gotten her when I lived there in 2010 and she passed away um, in uh, November, 2020. And so I brought her ashes and I spread them at point defiance where we used to go all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically salmon beach. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Um, I don't, I'm so bad with names and stuff, but like, like where is it in relation to like, um, God, what's that big that restaurant where you can where the ferry dock is and stuff and you can get on that path that walks right along the water is it near that area oh it's no there's like a dog park um okay, okay. if you go on five mile drive and mm-hmm. it's like kind of towards the end of five mile drive and you okay. have to know where to turn off and there's like a little like community of people who live on the shore there uh-huh it's all these like kind of artists like weirdo places it's a really great place but yeah i used to go there all the time with my dog. And so I, I went back last year and I spread her ashes there. Um, so, you know, Tacoma, like there's definitely like a, a fondness yeah. there and, um, it's a sleepy place though, but I kind of like, I love the unloved places a little bit. Like, yeah. um, so I don't know. People love to shit on Tacoma, especially like Seattleites love to shit on Tacoma, but I kind of like the places that get shat on a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. If you had told me, uh, you know, two years ago that I would be buying a house and living in Tacoma, I would have been pretty bummed. But honestly, the way Seattle has gone and the way that Tacoma, like a lot of people in Tacoma, you know, they like the grit city aspect of it. And they they like almost like, um, you know, uh rage against the Seattle thing and like we are not Seattle we do not want to be Seattle so I feel like I actually feel more at home and and like the vibe down here a lot more now because I don't know if you've been to Seattle lately but it's just like everything has just become like that really clean sterile uppity lot really expensive you know I mean of course there's still great places but it's it's changed for sure um yeah, it was rough. I definitely felt really depressed when I visited last year. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, this was a good choice to leave. <laughs> like, I'm very glad that I left. <laughs> You're in Thank L- you LA for now, this right? confirmation. Yeah, I live in L.A. now. Or I live in uh, I live in Pasadena, okay. but, um, which is like a suburb of L.A. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, well, geez, that, I wasn't expecting us to talk about this stuff. So that's really cool. Um I figured we would have to because <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I well, I did see the Pauline Oliveros thing, and it was in Seattle, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder what like the connection to Seattle was." But now it all makes sense. Oh yeah, very deep cool. roots, baby. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of answered one of my questions earlier that I had when we were uh, when you were, you know, just talking about your past. But I kind of wanted to get into it more as far like listening to your music, like you're not just somebody who likes to sing and can carry a tune. Like I was, I was thinking as I was listening, I was like, did she do opera or like choral music or anything like that? Um, So yeah, like, I guess, 
I guess you kind of already answered it by doing musicals and <laughs> stuff, but like, did you ever do like op, like opera performances or choral stuff? Because it re- you have like real command of your voice and it sounds like you're doing some Latin every once in a while. Am I right about that? Or... <laughs> no, I mean, it's all just like uh, singing on different vowels and, and things like that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not very, I'm kind of lyrically challenged, <laughs> um, which, you know, I, I think actually worked out in this instance because like the, the intention was on this album to not really draw. There were so many times where I was like, I don't want people to remember that this is voice. Like mm-hmm. there's so many different parts because yeah. it is all voice, all of it. But Wait, the I new wanted album to write. Is, every sound is voice? Yes. I did not realize that. Holy shit. That makes it way cooler. Well, that's great then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like the, yeah, way, so yeah, the your... way you're manipulating it is very, very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, to your point and thank you. Um, so yeah, I did, um, I did opera when I was a teenager. I did, um, like jazz solo and then jazz choir. Um, I did musical theater. I did, um, art songs, arias, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I have kind of like a wide range of styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you, you did pick up on that. Um, it's interesting cause I kind of like neglected it for a pretty good chunk of my twenties. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that like, I knew a bunch of people in the music scene in Seattle and I was really active in the music scene, like as a DJ, as a curator, as like, someone who volunteered like every aspect I was involved and then I started singing again and I had friends who were like I didn't even know you could sing (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like oh shit yeah it's kind of weird I like tucked it away for a while so I've been really trying to welcome that back and um just that was a lot of this album too was just like being able to celebrate that that's kind of what makes me different from Mm -hmm. a lot of our peers Mm -hmm. is that I have that that background and and yeah like to your point like it's not just that um I'm someone who sings I am a singer like I'm a proper singer yeah Um, yeah. so yeah I'm right in between um, the two yeah like I, cause I, I was, a, I've been a singer in multiple bands and honestly, like as far as music goes, like singing is the thing that like feels like the, like I get the most joy out of it. I like, if it's a song that I'm really like really into, like I could sit on the front porch with my, you know, classical guitar and just sit there and sing by myself. Like that's, I'm totally content and like more than content. I just, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I put a pretty high premium on um, lyrics, you know, like I think that that's been a huge up until getting into electronic music, the lyrics were kind of the most important part for me. Mm. And I just got to a point where I didn't feel like I could do what I couldn't meet my own standards as far as what I thought good (laughs) lyrics were. Um, And so I kind of like completely turned my back on that for a long time. And there is a huge part of me that like wonders, like, could you, could you get back into it with kind of your current artistic trajectory and and not have it be cheesy? And, um, and I, the, the main thing, or maybe the only thing keeping me from that is just fear of 
people thinking it's lame or, you know, it's, it's so it's singing is such a vulnerable thing to do in front of people, you know? It is. Yeah. It's like the most vulnerable thing in my opinion. It's like the greatest form of intimacy in mm. my opinion. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 Um, so like, you know, when, when we're around the campfire and, you know, at friends' houses and stuff with pianos and stuff, I'll, I'll play and sing. And, but uh, yeah, like no one who listens to the show or knows me through this, I don't think has ever heard me really sing or anything. And it's, I don't know, but I do it all the time. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where I think this is like something I've been thinking about a lot where I have this like performance arts background. I have this, these various skill sets that I kind of was just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if these are like related to what like my current artistic persona is. Maybe mm -hmm. these are like adjacent and like I could touch on them here and there, but I don't know if they really belong in right. cool diagonals necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've been really like heartened by the fact that um, I have kind of started to prove myself wrong mm -hmm. and um, challenging myself to kind of be like, hey, maybe these all actually do go together in a yeah. certain way. So like um, I have a music video that's going to come out uh, in March, early March. Um, it's going to be the third single off the album and I'm dancing in it. And um I was like posting clips on Instagram and stuff of just giving like behind the scenes previews. And, and it's the same comment that I got before where people were like, I had no idea that you could <laughs> dance. I had no idea that you could move like that. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Because I've just, for some reason put a wall around it and said like, this doesn't belong in this. Yeah. But that's yeah. It's weird how that happens. Like, yeah, <laughs> I even stopped. Well, I, I mostly like, I didn't stop playing guitar because like I am a guitarist at heart you know that's it's like it's part of me I'll never not play guitar but my guitar playing definitely went on the back burner when I got into modular at first and mm -hmm. I've been you know I've I've tried over the last five years with modular to like make guitar work with it but I honestly didn't think that I I just hadn't found like my my voice or whatever on the modular but lately I recently I really feel like I have and I've been really liking doing guitar stuff through it and finding interesting stuff that I, that I think is interesting. And I'm, I'm almost kicking around this idea of going to my little hometown in Roslyn. Cause I, I do these like remote performances where I bring my battery powered synth mm -hmm. out to beautiful places. And then I just like shoot B roll, do a performance and then just cut together like a short film kind of thing. And I was thinking about nice. doing some sort of series where I played like all of the sappy shitty music that I listened to as a child, you know, like I was raised on like radio nineties country and stuff. Like it is bad music. Um, but like, could I do these covers and like sing these in a way with guitar and modular to make them like super fucked up, but yet accessible and like shoot it. I don't yeah. know. It's like, I don't think I'll do that, but it's something that it's like one of those, like, <laughs> I wish I could do that, but it's like, I could, but yeah. I don't well, know. the thing is you don't have, you can just give it a shot. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody has to see it if it sucks, you know? Yeah. And right. You don't, don't commit to anything yet. Mm. Just. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, not committing to that right now. Um, yeah. So when I'm, when I was listening to 
the tracks off the upcoming record on Beacon Sound, which I just talked to Andrew. Uh, he's the most recent episode as of I the time that. we're talking. <clears throat> Real yeah. gem. Love that guy. Um, Sweetie. Yeah. And I actually found out about you through just doing research for that. I'm like, I'm going to listen to the upcoming and recently released stuff. And I reached out to you like after hearing less than the full song, um, whichever <laughs> one I played, I'm not bad with titles, but I was just oh, like, this yeah, I think is it was... fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think it was the lead single. It was precipice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I think like what really drew me in is like, did you ever get into one of tricks point never? Yeah. So I feel like, he had like this very small window where he was doing really cool stuff with like cut up vocals and like mm. just arranging them in weird ways. But like, it seems like he got away from that and didn't, you know, cause he's always switching up what he does. I'm still a fan of what he does. I'm not saying anything like that, but I felt like what you're, what you were doing on that track was like what I kind of wanted him to like evolve mm. into with what he was doing. And I'm like, this is, uh, yeah, it was just like I love those those cuts and the way you're harmonizing with yourself and I really like it got me to thinking like how how are you doing this and I usually don't like to get too in the weeds as far as like gear and stuff but I would like to hear your process of how like recording into like the production like start to finish like how do you do stuff if it's all vocal like this. Yeah. Um it's pretty basic. It's uh, I, I'm a computer musician now. Um, <laughs> so as I mentioned to you in our messages, I completely sold off all of my modular gear like two years ago, a little less than that now, maybe a year ago actually. And, um, because I knew I wanted to, uh, I, I guess it was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Cause I knew that I wanted to finish this album and I wanted it to be all from my voice. It was just concept that I was going to run with. And I was like, okay, I need to have a better computer to do that. And I need to have, um, some nicer plugins and some more creative plugins. So really just invested in that instead mm -hmm. of, um, analog equipment. I was just finding like processing my voice via modular was just like not really yielding the results that I wanted. And, um, it was really hard to record it and get the levels right. And I was just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So I'm yeah. just going to go digital. I often um, <laughs> wonder like, why do we do this? It's the slowest and the hardest way to do any of it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just was like, I'm done. Like, forget it. And um, yeah, so I, it's really just, um, gosh, uh, I just, I don't even know how to explain the process. Like, um, usually like an idea will start, like I'm inspired by something that I hear when I'm walking around or like, like one track, like, um, the third single, which hasn't been released yet, but I was like on this camping trip by myself and I was sitting around the fire and I heard these like crickets on either side of me. And they were just kind of doing this like back and forth, like call and response thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, like that's really interesting. And, um, I started kind of just like riffing off of that. And I was like, just pulled out my phone and just started like kind of singing along to it. So that's like a, how a lot of the vocal lines get generated is just kind of like being inspired by sounds I hear in, around mm -hmm. me and then mimicking them or kind of doing a call and response with them. And then, um, 
you know, taking them into Ableton and then um, starting to see how they sound like with layers on top of them. And um, obviously there's a lot of pitch shifting happening. And then um, I really became a fan. I use that, um, but I'm really, my, my big, like my favorite chain basically is like I use um, Antares Harmony Engine and then I run that into, um, what's it called? Uh, Isotope Stutter Edit. Oh, cool. And um, so that is yielding a lot of like really interesting, like on that single that you heard, like a lot of the vocal lines, the way that they're kind of jumping around and stuff like that and, you know, doing these big filter sweeps and that's all happening like through there. Um, so I just kind of record like a vocal run and then like see what happened. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I manipulated various parameters and, um, yeah, it yielded some really interesting results. And then I also really heavily used, um, output. They have a product called portal and it's like, it's kind of like a granular delay, uh, type thing. And then I'm also huge GRM sweet fangirl. Like I use all their shit. I've used all their shit since the beginning. Like I couldn't make my music without it. <laughs> Shout out GRM. Please support me. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's just like, I don't know. Um, it's not that difficult um, to make. I mean, it's just, it's very tedious. It's very yeah. like, um you know, obviously there's a lot of different vocal lines going on and, but I do a lot of things like, you know, cut up method type things where like, I'll grab like, um, you know, different granules of maybe just me taking like a breath or Mm -hmm. something. And then I'll use that and I'll sample that and I'll use that as like a rhythmic element or, um, yeah. Or I did a lot of like, uh, I use like that free tool and that max for live granulator tool and, and just like would resample things from there. Mm -hmm. Um, so just throwing my voice in there and then seeing what results I got. And there's a track off the album that hasn't been released yet. That's like straight up just sounds like a hundred percent like FM synthesis, like, but it's completely my voice. So, so um, yeah. So I don't know, like um, I don't think it's terribly difficult. Like my process isn't that mysterious. It's just more like, so much of what I do is not really knowing where I'm going to end up. Like, I don't, I'm not that kind of person, you yeah, know, like me too. Actually, my process is truly experimental in that regard. <laughs> yeah. You, you describing this as actually like, I almost did the exact same thing except for not my voice. What I, what I was really into uh, when I was using Ableton was running like drum machines through guitar pedals and then I would like manipulate the guitar pedals and I would just record for a few minutes and then I'd listen and I'd find just like one bar and then I would bring that into Ableton and like, but I mean, this was like Ableton eight. So it's been a while since I've used it. Um, but yeah, I did some stuff like I was in a band with, um, with a buddy and we had a couple uh, female backup singers with excellent voices. And so like I wrote some like melodic lines and like had them record chord just like singing oohs and ahs and stuff and then put that into ableton and just like chopped it all up and that was that was super fun um so i mean it sounds like the the voice is your you know primary instrument and primary focus like do you miss like a hardware element and and like uh, and then like a to add on to that question like what is a live set now like 
then? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, still figuring it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> so generally when I play live now, which granted it's been a minute, um, but I am preparing for a few shows coming up. Um, generally what I've been doing is um, I do have some hardware to play with. Like, so I do, I would say my sets are probably about like, 60% improvised, 40% prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, so having some sort of hardware, um, where I can just kind of make noise with it or mm -hmm. just like, yeah, just like funky little noise machine type things. Um, but like what? I'm, I'm curious. That like, was like, I had like the, like the last three? one. Oh, I mean, I'm terrible. Cause like nothing, sticks with me for very long i'll have like a piece of gear for like six months and then I'm just like oh way. this actually isn't what i want yeah. and <laughs> i just haven't found exactly what i want yet um so the last one that i was using was the soma sense lyra 8 oh yeah um, yeah yeah oh, so and that was really fun but i was also just like oh this doesn't really sound like yeah have you used this Wait, thing this is the enter the soma enter Oh no. This thing is crazy. I'm not familiar with that one. I actually used this at a remote performance recently at Point Defiance. It's a oh nice. Little little uh full circle. Little, there. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I'm just a huge I really want the Lyra. I really want that thing. That thing seems to Oh cool. well you should have bought it off me. I just <laughs> sold it to some guy in Eagle Rock. So um <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, so I was using that for a minute and then um I've used like uh, like transducer mics too, and I'll just like have some sort of effects chain, and then I'll just like do some experimenting with that. Or um, like in the past, I would do things like um, I would have like hydrophones, and oh yeah, I got a uh, hydrophone. I, and then I would have like um, different things that would like make like cause vibrations, basically. Mm -hmm. So like. Um, I think I had like an aquarium pump that I was using oh, cool. for a little while. <laughs> and then like, I would use like a bath bomb, like anything that oh, would just wow, kind of yeah. like cause like, and I'd have like some sort of resonator on that effects chain. And, um, you know, so, so things like that, like creative things that are kind of like visually engaging mm -hmm. because much of what I do is just like, Totally. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's what like I feel every like picture of me playing gonna, live. Right. Yeah. I'm really excited I'm to just play like... live with a guitar because <laughs> there's something to do and look at, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the singing, obviously it helps like being able to do that, but then I need to also account for the times where I'm not in good voice. And like, um, so my current idea and tactic for going forward and, and what I started doing is like, I have, I basically like remix myself mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in live context. So I take stems from different tracks um, so even like really old stuff, like I'll take like, um, like a couple stems from something that I made in like two, 2018 and then I'll throw like something new that I just made on top of it. And Are you using like an APC 40 like, or something. No, I'm just using Ableton. I mean, to, uh, so, just to control it. Like, are you just like, Oh, like, do you know the APC 40? Uh, Oh my God. That thing would be, that thing is like, it's designed for Ableton. It is an amazing controller. It is fucking oh. awesome yeah i don't know i i'm like i have like some little shitty like nano control or something it's just like literally like faders um so I, I'm, I'm really minimal link right now because sure it 
I feel like if you're using Ableton in a live situation, like this thing is, it's, and it's really fun. And I, because I did the same thing with, um, with live performance when I first started, I did, uh, you know, like I explained like process that I did earlier. And then when I would go to do live, I would just build this entire grid of old stuff, new stuff, and actually like, you know, mix things together and just basically yeah. remix everything. Um, but yeah, I'm going to send you this link right now. Cool. There you go. Um, yeah, sorry, so I'd I be doing I that and then you. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. And then um I use like the Borderlands granular synthesizer app on iPad. Okay. So I would like import stems into there and then I would just like kind of live do weird shit with that and do a lot of like interesting stuff with panning and um yeah, so just like kind of remixing myself cuz I don't think there's anything like to me it's not worth it to see a live artist if they're basically just like playing the album like as especially with like what we do it's that because it like it literally would be too, it would be a little too easy maybe because you could just like push play or whatever you know yeah. like I'm, i was kind of the same way like i never wanted to i never had a big interest in trying to like completely recreate something the way it sounded on an album yeah, there's, I mean, like what, there's no point, you know? So like, I mean, I always try to make their, I, I try to make it so that there's something that is like worth seeing me live for, mm -hmm. whether it's like, cause I also do my visuals or it's like, you know, yeah, I'm doing these kind of like one time remixes <laughs> that you're never going to hear ever again, like, mm -hmm. um, or whatever. Like, so, and you know, singing live too, that that's, makes it a little more interesting sometimes too. So, um, yeah, but I'm trying to figure it out right now. I feel like I'm like a little behind <laughs> <laughs> on preparing for like what it looks like now, because yeah, it's all my voice now. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to, that's what I'm going to do the next few weeks is just try <laughs> to figure it out. So <laughs> yeah. Do you have like some shows, um, lined up for the release? Like when is the release? It is March, right? March 24th. Yeah. March 24th. Okay. So I have a release show in LA on March 24th. And then I have a show in Portland on April 2nd. And then in Seattle on April 6th. Oh, cool. Where are you I playing in Seattle? Chapel. Chapel. Nice. Do you know who is anyone? Yeah. Do you have anyone booked to play with you yet or? Yep. It's going to be Chloe, uh, Rika, and then my friend Col Cole Galbraith. Okay. Um, who's more of like a drone artist. Okay, um, cool. So yeah. I'll have to show, yeah, I'll have I feel to come like, out for that. Yeah, please do. I'll put you on the guest list. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like I need to play places that aren't like my usual. Those are like my usual. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> well, it's, do you know, uh, but, do you know Schlappy Engineering? By chance, their modular company, Eric Schlappy is no. So Eric is like one of the sweetest people ever, genius and amazing performer. And he's back in town, and he just e I haven't even responded to the email yet. But um, he's like wanting to maybe try to play a show or get something booked. And I was thinking that maybe me and him, like I would like to try to maybe book a show in Tacoma. Um, and if it's around mm. that time, maybe uh. If I could find a place on your way home from Seattle, maybe you could swing in and do a sure. show. I don't know. Well, Why I'm going to look into that. Um, <clears throat> nice. Um, a 
okay, there was a, there was there's a few more things, and I, I'm trying to figure out which one to do first. Let's. Well, we're sure. talking about the album. So, how did you get hooked up with Beacon Sound? Oh, um, I just had like a wish list of people that mm-hmm. I wanted to work with, and uh, he just happened to be one of the very few people who responded to my cold emails. <laughs> um, so, and I, you know, I had like a things that were like required for me in order to to do a release proper mm-hmm. um so you know checked all the boxes uh-huh. and um yeah and then you know it turns out like andrew's been super great to work with and uh yeah it's been nice to kind of like bring back my like pacific northwest roots too and um yeah. So, I mean, like I visited the store when, when they had a shop and, mm-hmm. um, you know, bought their records and stuff like that. So it was like, I was already kind of in that world, but somehow Andrew and I had never met. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and we still haven't met, but we're going to meet tomorrow. Um, oh, cool. but yeah, cause I'm in Portland right now. So, Oh, very cool. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. the second thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, Ged, uh, M Ged. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. uh, I actually have uh, an episode with him in the bank. Just we haven't, you know, haven't got to a yeah, release yet. Friend of the show. Yeah, um, I love that guy. It was we had a really great talk. Um, but yeah, how did you get? He he mixed an album for you or mastered an album for you or something? He's mastered a few of my albums now. Um, so he's a good friend of mine. We met from Twitter. Um, <laughs> like I think like around 2019 or so, we started becoming buddies, and then. Um, yeah, we're just like, we're close friends now. He lives in New York, so obviously I don't see him that much, but mm-hmm. um, he's such a sweetie. And um, yeah, like we just have like the same opinion on almost everything. It's really <laughs> funny. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, shout out Ged. Um, but yeah, so he's mi- he mixed like, uh, or sorry, he mastered, I had like a self-released album that I put out in 2021. And uh, he mastered that for me. And then I did um, an EP with my friend, John Carr, who's also a former Seattle person. Oh, cool. Yeah. I just listened um, to that tonight before we started chatting. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's cool. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a collab that we did last I, year. I'm going to look him um, up right now and follow him on the Instas because I won't remember. Sure. John Carr. Cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's a friend of mine from Seattle as well. And he lives in Oakland now. So like whenever I, or I guess Berkeley technically, uh, but yeah, so when I go home and visit, like I would see him and, um, yeah, so we collabed on that EP and then I had Ged master that as well. So, cool. um, yeah. And then this album came around and it was like, yeah, I'll do it for you again. Like, so <laughs> it's really nice to have someone who's just like you trust and totally they get what you're going for mm-hmm. and, um, and they're a buddy. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and we are approaching an hour but not quite but i uh i saw also in i forgot i was just reading bits and bips and bobs and stuff from your album descriptions and whatnot but something about um an interest in uh geologic processes and i'm wondering like did you study that or like what what's the connection there no, no, I didn't study it. I actually like the worst grade I ever got in a class was in geology. Um, <laughs> I didn't but, know there was going to um, be chemistry involved. 
honestly, it was just because I was so used to studying the humanities and just like showing up the day of the test and mm -hmm. having them be like, read this and then interpret it that I was like, right. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. So I didn't study for anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's honestly what it was. I got like a C in that class and I was like a straight A student. So I was just like, oh, I can't believe it. Um, but <laughs> so anyway, I did very poorly in geology. Um, but no, I just like, it was an interest of mine growing up. Um, I was really interested in volcanoes and earthquakes and I had all these books on them. And, uh, you know, growing up in California, like there, it's just around mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it just kind of like is something that has been a present, uh, source of, it, it's a source of inspiration. It, it's just there. Yeah. So, Definitely. and I'm an, I'm an outdoors person and, um, I like camping and hiking and all that good stuff and day trips and, um, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I like, feel like maybe you and I are like like we have like some, some DNA crossover here because yeah, like you, you mentioned <laughs> camping by yourself earlier and like camping by yourself is, is a, uh, I haven't done it a lot, but it, it is a real, uh, it's a real pleasure. It's, it's a, it's a different, it's, it's a very unique experience that I feel like everybody should try out. Um, everybody should try it. I agree. I am a really big fan of traveling by myself too. Um, and it's like, I mean, I've, I've just been doing it for years now and, um, it really does build character and mm -hmm. like your self-esteem as well. Cause you're just like, Oh shit. Like I figured out how to light a fire. Okay. Like, I guess I'm fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> or like I figured out how to like get food and, you know, get lodging and spend my time and not die. Like I'm probably, I'm good. Like I yeah. probably shouldn't be tripping about like the whatever random shit that I'm like having anxiety about. Like, so it really does like, it makes a strong impact. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I highly encourage it to everybody. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I went, I went camping by myself activities. in 2020 up by Mount Rainier is the last weekend that, uh, the Cougar Rock campground was open and, you know, not a whole lot of people there. And I, I went up there with the sole purpose of like shooting and recording like these remote performance sets that I nice. do. And I, yeah, I've got three from that trip and I do them also. My wife and I like every, every, uh, wedding anniversary, we go on a week long road trip, camping trip. And that's, you know, where I like to shoot stuff as well. And my wife really enjoys it because it, it acts, it, it serves as kind of like a, uh, like a, a photo, like a digital photo, a video album, like memory of our trip. Cause I'm shooting yeah. constantly of all the places that we're at and stuff. So yeah, totally. I love it. That's great. Um, yeah. Then the reason I asked about the geologic thing is like, I'm always like that kind of stuff always kind of like, I get a little perked up cause I, um, <laughs> I did, like studied paleontology and, you know, did paleontology oh, okay. for, for years in my twenties. Um, so I'm always kind of like, Ooh, a fellow nerd. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a poser though. Like, I mean, I, I know some things, um, but I, yeah, it's more just like, I'll just be like, Oh yeah, that's a striation. And that's like, uh, you know, this is a, a granite based rock. And like, I can identify certain things. You are already not a poser. And... I feel like, you, like that's, <laughs> you, you, you use striation. Like, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> Have you been to Yellowstone? 
I have not been to Yellowstone. Because I would love to go. You need to go. So that's yeah. my wife and I went in 2020, which was the perfect time because there weren't the big tour buses. Like I will say this about it, which is not a slight to it at all. But if you're gonna go, you ha- like I feel like you you should be prepared for this and adjust expectations. It's it is nature, of course, and you know, yeah. like there are lots of animals, but there are a lot of people and it can feel a little bit like a nature theme park, but, um, there are ways right. to enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it's, but I think it's, especially if you're interested in like, you know, volcanoes and geology, like it is a smorgasbord. Um, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Um, yeah, I've done a lot more domestic traveling, obviously because of, uh, the pandemic and, um, but yeah, and I'm actually about to take like a three month sabbatical. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what and where I can. What season? What what can I what can I can I can accomplish? It's going to be April, May, June. So it's kind of like perfect. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I mean, the the Southwest could be really awesome because it won't be super hot, and it's not like the peak time of year if you're there. Early. I still haven't been. That's where I really want to go next is the Southwest. Um, yeah, I've been to, um, I've been to Sedona. I went a couple of years ago. It was amazing. Also very weird and sad. Um, <laughs> but cause it was just like fisherman's wharf, but like new age mm. fisherman's mm-hmm. wharf and like, you know, very just like, clearly this is a sacred place to indigenous people, but mm, don't see them anywhere. What's that about? Right, yeah. I don't know. No, don't think about that anymore. Here's some crystals. Sad. Buy um, these crystals. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, really deeply like cursed place in my opinion. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, truly like pretty unparalleled in terms of like natural beauty. Um, they, like some of it, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty amazing. I, but yeah, white sands, I've really been wanting to get to, and I would really love to go to big bend and, mm-hmm. and Texas too. So yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. Well we are rounding up to an hour and I always like to give the last, you know, 10 to eight minutes to the guest to ask if there's anything you would like to scream from the modular mountaintops or the Ableton mountaintops <laughs> in your case. Um, like, give me an example. <laughs> I, I want, no, because I like to, I like to leave it wide open. Somebody asked me this the other day, like, well, what are you like asking? And I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't know. What is that? What is that question? What's your knee jerk reaction to it? I like to leave it to see some people promote stuff. Mm. Some people give advice. Some people just make a proclamation, you know, so it's kind of like whatever. you Oh, want. yeah. Cute advice. Am I like in the position um, to be an elder dispelling div- advice? I think I am finally like I um I sort of reached that first hurdle in my like music career mm-hmm. where I'm starting like younger people approaching me i'm like oh do i have wisdom what's that about okay, <laughs> well you have experience sure. right yeah because um, yeah. <laughs> i still just feel like i'm just like ooh, who me i don't know um <laughs> uh <laughs> so i have a lot of um yeah you know imposter syndrome stuff going on um but i think i do like the idea of where I'm heading, like in terms of like, as I get older, as I gain more experience, I love the idea that 
there are people who want to learn from what I've done because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I didn't even realize that was like something that anybody would want to replicate or try to learn from. And, and that's really like probably one of the most gratifying parts of being like some sort of like quasi public figure, Uh um, like heavy air quotes, um, (laughs) is just that there are people who like look up to you or there's people who, um, look at what you do and, and think like, Oh, I want to, I would love to figure out how to make that too. And, um, and then just being like, oh, well, here, I'll tell you about it. It's not a mystery, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not trying to keep this and not trying to enshroud this mm-hmm. or, or keep this or gatekeep this or whatever. Like, um, yeah, I think there is like much more of that kind of like openness um, in the experimental music Definitely. community. Yeah. Um, and but I mean... The question that always bother me bothers me is like when people are like, oh, well, what gear do you use or what like plugins do you use? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's kind of important, but it's also really n- not that important because mm-hmm. you can make really interesting music with anything that you have lying around. Like it's just about do you the idea. That? Oh, did you lose me? No, but do you hear that what? buzzing? I heard a buzz when you took your headphone off. Oh. <laughs> weird it was like i have i have this little like booster that um for this microphone that takes like 48 volts phantom power and i just like touched the cable and it stopped but yeah we oh, no. sorry no. i totally interrupted yeah i i see what you're saying with that like and that's that's really really a thing in modular like people can you can really go down the rabbit hole just like talking about gear which i do to some extent but i'm i am so much more interested in the expression, the search, the search for, you know, meaning within your art. And then, uh, yeah, j- I, that's, that's just like the, mo- the mo- and the end result, you know, that's so much more important to me. If somebody made an entire album and it was all on like an iPhone app or something, like if I liked it, then I don't give a shit what it was made on you know yeah yeah i mean and you know i mean i don't want to harp on this too much i feel like it's kind of like the conversation's a little bit twitter discourse out to be <laughs> honest um <laughs> so but i mean i think it's just more like um i i, I do want to reiterate that where it's like look like the important part is that like you have some sort of original idea and and it's and more importantly that it's like not, not, sorry, let me retract that. Originality is fake. There's no such thing as originality. First of all, we're all just recycling each other and totally, like yeah. amalgamating each other. Um, you can never truly be like an innovator. Um, like there's very few people who get to do that and get to call themselves innovators. And so I, I find it very like um, offensive when people are just like, oh, well, I did that or I used that color or I I'm inspired by that too so like how dare you also be inspired by that it's like no dude like we're all people can recycling get very very um <laughs> like possessive of especially with like more niche things because you know sure like you know when you like and I I t- I do this to you know extents that I'm sure I'm not even aware of but you know you do form your identity off of like your interests and stuff. I think, you know, 
I don't want to get too in the weeds, but I think our capitalist, you know, society and the, what we were raised in, you know, has a huge influence on like, you know, I like, I mean, look at like, uh, uh, what do you call them? The fucking hatchet guys, the, uh, the insane clown posse, the juggalos, you know, like that's an identity <laughs> based off of a, right. a commodity really. Um, yeah. So I feel like some people feel a little threatened when, something you know when when things that aren't popular get popular the people who are there first tend to get a little upset about it you know i think that i think yeah you know um and that's oh, one of I the mean, great yeah. things about getting older is you just like yeah that doesn't matter though <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just gonna you're just gonna see it happen over and over but you're right it's like it's it's the insidious nature of capitalism that's just like it's the ambient industrial complex like that phenomenon you know it's just like the wellness like it's ambient industrial complex i've never heard that that's amazing i love that (laughs) holy shit is that a thing or did you come up with that i i mean i i'm sure i've reappropriated it i'm not original please i thought you were being an innovator for a second Um, but that's great (laughs) no it's impossible um (laughs) let me just be clear um but you know yeah so like that's it's bound to happen we're just going to see that happen over and over and over again um so yeah i mean i understand i understand the guardedness and the and being territorial and and whatnot um i just think that at the end of the day like um go ahead and rip me off but like it would be cool if you like shouted me out you know but rip yeah. me off yeah. go for it please oh, yeah I, i'm I beg constantly of you. <laughs> trying to rip off like whatever i'm into at the moment you know like mount erie bill callahan deer hoof lightning bolt just put that all in a blender that's what i want to make and i sure. don't know if any of that would work together but that's what i'm after right now you know so <laughs> i'm i'm sure it would yeah try <laughs> we'll see um well Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. Um, I'll put links in the show description to everything, but if there's anything you'd like to point people in the direction of, you can shout that out now. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'll just give a plug. Um, So Fractured Hole is the name of the album. It's releasing on March 24th on Beacon Sound. It's coming out on special edition vinyl, uh, which includes a signed poster. And um, there's then regular vinyl, regular schmegular vinyl, and then obviously digital. Um, and I'm going to be making T-shirts. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I'm playing in, uh, I already mentioned where I'm playing, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, everything's on Bandcamp. Crueldiagonals.bandcamp.com. Go cool. for it. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening if you made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to pause really quick. Okay. I don't even have, I don't even have a question prepared, but I'm going to (laughs) just shoot from the hip here. I'm going to actually ask one that I've asked uh, recently because I just like it. Um, what is the most recent piece of art? No, you know, no, no limitations. Doesn't have to be music, movie, whatever, whatever. Um, that really moved you. Oh man. Um I think probably I watched the Florida project recently. Oh, that Have was great. That yeah, Willem Dafoe, yeah. right? Isn't that? Yes. Like the little he is kid, like a little the little girl yes. with like a kind of a like a mom who's like kind of a drug. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That yes, movie's yes, great. Yes. 
it's a little poverty porny. I don't know, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> like that director. I I don't know his story, like, so I don't want to talk shit. But um, I I mean, it was just like it was just so emotional, obviously, mm. and um, yeah, I ended up watching a few of his films um in the same Did week. You Tangerine and, as well. Yep, watched yeah. that one as well. I haven't seen that um, one, but it's great. It's fantastic. Um, and then we also watch, uh, Red Rocket, which was another one by the same director. Oh, and then I was okay. like, okay, I think, I think we're good on the like sad poverty porn stuff for a second. <laughs> like, let's like yeah. take a, let's take a breather maybe. Um, but yeah, no, it was very moving. Um, so yeah, that, um, I feel like, I don't know that honestly, the new the new there's a new track off of the new Kalila album that really got to me too. Um I'll look it up really quick. I think it's called Fooly. Kalila. Um I'm not sure I'm familiar. Kalila, are you not familiar? She's a pop so. star, baby. She's on <laughs> warp. Oh, cool. All right. Um but yeah, one of the songs uh called yeah, it's called Fooly. It's the track eight off of her new album. Okay. And uh yeah, that one really got to me. All right, I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, very emotional. I just love, honestly, sad shit. I'm all about the sad shit. Like, um, I have no real like, um, I, you know, I, I have a very high tolerance for for the sad shit. Like mm-hmm. to the extent that people around me will be like, uh, <laughs> I got a challenge <laughs> for you. Like, kind of overdoing it. <laughs> I don't know if you <clears throat> do. You know Mount Erie? The band, I or, do. Yeah. Um, have you listened to A Crow Looked at Me, the album that he made after his wife died? Oh no! Try I that one. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I've got a challenge for you. It, it, so I I went and saw him perform the first show on that tour in Anacortes, where he's from, in this like little Oof. tiny place, just him yeah. and an acoustic guitar, and it was like devastating. Um, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I bought it on vinyl and I'm like, when am I gonna like want to listen to the you know, the dead wife <laughs> record? Like but it's yeah. I, I mean it is it's it is really interesting to hear somebody like, you know, really using art and, and not even like they're not even like uh there's no choruses, there's no hooks. Not that Mount Airy is chorusy and hooky at all, but it is very like stream of conscious, like mm. real, very stark. Um but not so sad, but I, uh, I, I like to uh, recommend this movie to people uh, who do what we do. Uh, there's this movie called Flux Gourmet. Have you heard of this? Nope. You should watch that. It's, it's, about, it's like kind of absurd. It's absurd. It's like a dark comedy, um, but it's not horror, but it you know, has vibes. Um, but it's about this, they're called Sonic Caterers. Um, they're ba- it's basically, uh, they're a noise band who does like noise shows that are also performance art with food. Um, and they get this, like, uh, this, um, I always forget this word while I'm on air, but, uh, not an assistant ship, but, a when you go to a place apprenticeship no when you like oh, an artistic thing it's a where you go to a place and you do it in a, a residency at this oh, like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. famous like uh like sound catering place and uh the lady who plays 
Brienne from uh, Game of Thrones is is like the the lady who does. The... Oh, it's Peter Strickland. Yeah, he did yeah. Barbarian Sound Studio. I love Barbarian Sound yep, Studio. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I love his movies. So, and it, you know, it's it's classic Strickland. Wow, um, this one passed me by. It's relatively right. new, and I haven't seen a lot of like promo for it. But it's it's one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time, and just the fact that. It's like a noise band and stuff is is really fun. So, <clears throat> yeah, you don't often get to see that represented in mm-hmm. cinema. Um, also, cool. sad and good. Uh, I'm I'm actually gonna watch the final episode tonight, and it's just one season, which I really like. Um, it's called Station Eleven. It's on HBO. Hmm. That's it's a pretty Not good post apocalyptic. Like if you want to get hit in the feels, it will it will do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I asked you a question and now I've just like overtaken it and just now giving like <laughs> recommendations. But uh, but yeah, I really appreciate oh, your right. time. Um, this is awesome sure. to meet you. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can make it out to that show up there uh, at the chapel in April. Um, but yeah, if you're ever, you know, whenever you're passing through or you want to like spend some time in Tacoma, my wife and I have a, a lovely little home here, South Tacoma with a nice yard. And uh, yeah, we, awesome. like, we like entertaining. So good to meet you, Tim. Likewise. Um, yeah. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much to Megan for her time. Please go check out this record. It is so good. Check out everything on Beacon Sound. Um, I think I've made it pretty clear that I'm a huge fan. Uh, Thank you to Patchworks. Please visit them online at P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Also, thank you to 4MS for their continued support. I'm loving all these new modules. Uh, What else? Novation. The Summit's cool. Are we going to trade some uh, Summit patches? Let's do it. I want to hear what you're making on your Summit Don't forget about the Patreon. Please head over to patreon.com forward slash podulamodcast if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod and uh, maybe maybe have a chance to to score some some sweet gear. Uh, This week's secret word is appreciation because appreciation is important. You should appreciate all that you have in love. But I shouldn't tell you what you should do because that makes me a jerk. I'm going to try to appreciate everything that I have and that I love. Until next week.